The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As our regular listeners know, we've been going back and reposting some sermons from Elder Buddy Abernathy's series on the book of Revelation that he preached a year or two ago. The reason we're doing this is because when he preached this series, he wasn't able to do it on a consistent basis because he wasn't filling an appointment here on a consistent basis. But Buddy preaches at other churches and feels other appointments, and so there was often quite a break in time between sermons. We decided to go back and to break them down into categories so that we could digest this information from the book of Revelation in a little bit more consistent manner. We are currently in the portion of the series that I entitled An Introduction to the Book of Revelation. Today, Brother Buddy continues preaching from the first chapter about the attributes of Christ We've said from the beginning that we should never allow the symbolic language of Revelation to overturn or cover up the clear teachings of Scripture as to fundamental doctrines. In this first chapter, through the vision of Christ that John receives there on the Isle of Patmos, we are reminded of some of these fundamental doctrines. Join us today as Brother Buddy continues looking at these fundamental doctrines as taught by the vision of Christ on the Isle of Patmos. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Then lastly, in verse 15, it says his voice was as the sound of many waters. Now I don't believe that necessarily means that his voice was extremely loud. You know, the first thing I think about when I read about his voice being like many waters, I think about Niagara Falls. I've never been there, but I'm sure those waters have a loud voice. I don't believe he's necessarily focusing here on the volume of the voice of Jesus. I think he's focusing on the power, the authority, and how his voice gets attention. And there are scriptures that will bear that out. Look first of all in Mark chapter 1 verse 21. And they went into Capernaum and straightway, that is immediately on the Sabbath day, that was the day of worship, he entered into the synagogue and taught. So when Jesus came into Capernaum, immediately on the day of worship, he went to the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. You know, there are churches today that the entire service is pre-planned. And there's pre-written prayers. And there's scriptures that the congregation stands up and reads. Now it's never a bad thing to be speaking and reading the scripture. But the point I want you to get from that is when Jesus is in the midst of the churches, there's some power. There's some authority. And I'm going to show you in a moment how this connects. And if I can use this word, trickles down to the ministry. Because if Jesus is in the midst of the churches, and if, if He's calling men to preach His Word, He's going to bless them to have characteristics that the Bible describes Him as having in His ministry. And in this case, they were astonished at His doctrine. What was it that got their attention? He taught them as one that had authority. You know, the more a minister is blessed of the Spirit to preach, the more his preaching has authority. You know, even when the minister himself feels a great influence of the Spirit, he feels like, He's in authority. And what I mean by that, he feels like the Lord is really impressing his word upon his mind and showing him what he's to bring to the people. And if the Spirit begins to bring verses to his mind that he didn't think about in advance, he speaks with a, even a feeling of authority. And I want you to notice how this is specifically described in the scripture look at first corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4 and again don't forget that the church is the church only when jesus is in our midst in the person of the holy ghost first corinthians 2 4 
Paul says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Now, from a secular standpoint, or even as far as the religious world was concerned, Paul could have bragged about himself. As a matter of fact, in one place, he in, uh, we might say in a joking way, he said, okay, y'all think y'all can brag about how well accomplished you are? I'm more accomplished than any of you. Now, we know he wasn't prideful or bragging. He was just making a point. And he went on to describe all of his heritage and where he grew up and what he was taught and who taught him. He said, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees concerning the law blameless. I, I did all the things that I should do. And I was, I was at the forefront in the religious world. But yet he said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now you'll have to look this verse up. But you know, one of the things they said about Paul, the man who wrote over half of the New Testament, you know, we don't have any recordings of Paul. We don't have a cassette or a CD. We've never heard the voice of Paul. You know what they said about him? They said his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible, but his letters are weighty and powerful. You see that? He was not impressive, even though he was even though he was impressive in terms of his training and upbringing and, and, and the things he was taught in the religious world, yet as far as his uh, speaking skills, as far as the eloquence of his speaking was concerned, he, they, they said of him that it, his bodily presence is weak, he's not impressive to look at when he's speaking, and his speech is not really that... Impressive either. But his letters are weighty and powerful. So what was it about his preaching that was so effective? He says it was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Notice he makes a similar point with some different words. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only. Our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. I would much rather hear an uneducated man preach the gospel in power 
And he's so blessed to the spirit that even though I feel afflicted, I, I sort of felt this way at Bethlehem yesterday in the song service. I felt had such an awareness of my sins and they would sing hymns that describe that struggle and I couldn't even sing anymore. You know what that is? That's, that's that, that paradox of feeling afflicted and yet rejoicing in the Lord at the same time. Paul says, you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Years ago when I lived in southwest Georgia, there was a church there whose pastor had an eighth grade education. One of the deacons in the church was the dean of the department of botany at Valdosta State College. Now how in the world could that man be taught by that preacher? The kingdom of God is not like the world. The kingdom of God is the Lord blessing men. You know, Paul even said, not many mighty men, not many noble are called. God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the mighty. God has set up His church in such a way that people can't figure it out. <laughs> See, we can't set up a, a, a place to send men, to train them to preach. That's not the way it works. God calls men from all kinds of walks of life and He gifts them and He blesses them to preach His Word. One of the most well-known preachers in the early 1900s was a man named Elder Lee Hanks. Matter of fact, I believe he published the first edition of the old school hymnal. His parents died when he was a boy and he became just an orphan beggar on the street. No education. But eventually, as things went on, he was able to educate himself. And he became one of, a, a powerful minister based on what I've read. He was well known. See, the Lord qualifies men himself. That doesn't mean we're just passive and we don't read the Bible. But it does mean that no matter how much I read the Bible, if God doesn't bless my efforts my ministry won't be profitable. So he says, our gospel didn't come in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost, and listen to this, and in much assurance. You know, it's, it's so encouraging to me among our people that I can hear preachers from all walks of life, some highly educated as far as the secular world is concerned, some with very little education, some with impressive careers, some that are, some that are high up and well known in the community, and others that are unnoticed as far as their secular job is concerned. And yet you can sit under their preaching and none of that is even considered, is it? I'm so glad it's that way because I'm one of the most, un, as far as secular education, I'm one of the most uneducated elders among us in this area. I'm so glad I don't think about that. 
I'm so glad I'm not thinking, well, I got, I got to figure out something that I can teach these men that are more educated than me. It's not that way, is it? And so notice here, he says, it came in much assurance. In other words, when the gospel and the truth is preached and the Lord blesses the man, there's a sense of assurance. It bears witness with our heart. And then let's look at one more part of this. Verse 16 of Revelation 1. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Now, we'll not speak on that, but we looked at a reference verse this morning that refers to that two-edged sword, and I'll just give you the location of it in Scripture, and you can read about that two-edged sword that can, that can uh, separate the soul from the spirit. And in reference to Jesus, who is the Word, who's like a two-edged sword, it says he is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You can read about that in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 uh, through 13. I would encourage you to read that tonight. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. That, that lets you know how nothing is hid from Jesus. All things are naked and open with whom with him whom we have to do. So back here in Revelation, verse 16. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. You know, today people want to write books and have seminars when they see a vision. That ain't how they responded in the Bible. John had this vision and he said, I fell at his feet as dead. When Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, saw the Lord high and lifted up, you know what he did? He, he fell down and said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. If somebody sees the Lord in that sense, they're not all built up in confidence saying, I want to go around and tell people about my vision. They're usually humbled and brought down. But notice here, Jesus, described as the man of sorrow or, or the son of man, has seven stars in his right hand. Now we'll see these stars are the angels of the seven churches, which I believe are the messengers, or in particular, the ministry, the pastor of the churches. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Now think about that. He's got these seven stars 
in his right hand. That means I can't preach without Jesus. He's got to hold me up. His countenance was as the sun that shineth in his strength. That speaks of the glory of Christ. His power, his sovereignty, his purity, his glory. That's what John saw. Now remember, this man, Jesus, the Son of Man, is dwelling in the midst of the churches. We don't see him with a natural eye, but this is written to let us know who meets among us and how much we need him. And even the men that he is called to preach, he's in their hand. He says in verse uh, 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. That is, he was crucified as far as his natural body was concerned. He died. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Now, I think I'll stop there tonight and not go into the meaning of the keys of hell and of death because I don't want to rush through that. But you know, he says here, three, I believe three times so far in this chapter, he says that he is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. What is your life apart from Jesus? Read Ecclesiastes and you'll find out. Ecclesiastes talks about a man who had the ability who had the resources to enjoy the best of everything this world has to offer. As we might say, wine and women and everything else. He could have all of it he wanted. And he said, vanity of vanity, all is vanity. See, Ecclesiastes is about life under the sun. It's about the horizontal. It doesn't consider the real relationship or connection between earth and heaven. If this is all there is, we're of all men most miserable. We need to remember Jesus is the first and the last. He's everything. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C 1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com.
Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.